G'day everyone, Dave here. We recorded this episode a couple of weeks ago and it's a bit of a big one. We're talking about the systemic failure of the three major accounting bodies. We're going to go through a bit of detail about it and we're all a little bit disappointed about it all. But since we stopped recording and in between recording and editing, a few things have happened in the accounting world. The main one in particular is news from the AFR that the chartered accountants are planning to discipline only 12 of the 422 chartered accountants at KPMG that were involved in cheating. 12 out of 422. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel right. And the feedback I've received from the average small practice, the average chartered accountant member is, well, why do they keep bothering me with nonsense? This episode's big, it's important, I think it matters. Starting with our best on ground, have a listen. As always, there is an open invitation to anyone who makes a worst on ground on From the Trenches to come and join us. Engage in the conversation, engage with those who are in the trenches, battling away, trying to do the right thing and trying to make sense of the world. So to Andrew Hunter, the CEO of CPA Australia, Ainsley Van Olsen from Chartered Accountants Australia and New Zealand, and Andrew Conway from the IPA. You know how to get in touch with us. We're on LinkedIn, we're on Twitter. Message Paul, message me. You've got an open invitation to come on from the trenches and respond to some of these things because right now we've got a major problem in the accounting industry. From the trenches. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to From Our Trenches Real Life in the Accounting Industry. My name is David Boy. I'm the CEO of Change GPS, and we're brought to you by Change GPS, the only app out there helping make accounting client friendly. I'm joined today by my good friend Paul Meisner, who I no joke, dear listener, said to me in the warm-up, I don't spend enough enough money on tech. I should. 2022, the year we get Paul Meiser to actually pay for tech everyone. Paul, g'day, mate. Uh, thank you very much, David. Hello, listeners. Hello, all. Uh, taking a little bit out of context there, David. But no, I might, there, there might be a piece of software that I actually, coming up, that I actually may pay for. We will see. Time will tell. Confusing pricing structure. I never like pricing that could go up or down on a given month not the way to do it. But anyway, we will see. Should I tell everyone what it was? What tech are you looking at? No, no, no. I want to I just want to wait. I don't want to, see I don't want to go. I don't want to go too early. Mate, we've got a massive show today. There's about 300 best on grounds and a giant worst on ground. We're, we're, we're calling it the systemic failure of the accounting bodies. We're going to do a deep dive into three major issues that have occurred over the last like 60 days. Like really not oh, that long. They're hopeless. They are it, hopeless. All of them. It's, they I think get it's, worse in an election year. I swear they get worse. I never knew how political they were or how political they tried to be. That's the uh, that's the problem. I think there's a, a bit more than them being hopeless. I think I think there's a bit of industry risk that we've got at the moment, but we're going to get to it in the worst on ground. It's getting started. Paul, tech won't change your life much in the next 10 years. What's this one, mate? Uh, an interesting uh, Twitter thread from Nick Huber, uh, just talking about some issues. I mean, uh, look, I think I've always said, David, for long, for many years, that uh, tech is often overhyped. We go from what is possible to uh, to actually just saying that 
of course, everyone will adopt it and get all of the benefits as they were explained. Uh, generally, as we know from history, not it doesn't pan out that way. He's got a number of points in the tweet. What was your favourite? Uh, I like. I mean, the, I mean, first up, crypto doesn't solve a real problem. Um, <laughs> yeah, certainly. I, I, I think we've that not not much in the last at least five years has been over overhyped like crypto. I think uh, we, we still the, the debate still uh, gets confused between crypto and the core. Um, technology behind it, uh, and uh, I think both both terms are conflated. So it's, it's always interesting. I uh, I like one of his comments. We have a crisis in our physical world as our infrastructure and buildings age. We're millions of skilled workers short of where we need to be. He's talking about America, but I think the same applies for Australia. When you're millions of skilled workers short, tech's not going to be the entire answer. It might be a little bit. Paul, on your comment about the underlying tech, I've been doing a lot of research into the underlying tech of the blockchain. Electra Frost, an accountant who started a, an accountant's crypto club of sorts, a training program, has inspired me. I've been reading the Senate's report into crypto regulation in Australia. It is a fascinating read. I'm going to do a deep dive on it later on. Fair enough. I think... Um, you could just call me a loser. <laughs> Well, nerd, 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 it's fine, nerd. Can we, hey, can we, we've turned our cameras off. Can we turn our cameras back on? I find it so much easier to record when I can see you. Oh, fair enough. There you go. One. There we go. There we go. Good day, mate. Uh, yeah, you did, distributed ledger. Yep. Yeah, I think the blockchain needs, it's still. No, we'll get, we'll do another show on it. Let's go. We've got tons of stuff. Right. Okay. What else? Uh, oh, oh, man. I tell you what, uh, <laughs> companies love, they love raising money. They love raising money and uh, a company called Fast, an Australian one-stop checkout startup, uh, closed their doors, David. It, it, I think it was less than a year after raising something like $130, $150 million, uh, just, just the cash ran out. Um, a, a post from Axios, the Axios website, big picture, Fast paid too little attention to burn rate because it just assumed the VC gravy train would keep rolling. It's not the only one, so don't be surprised to see similar stories in the near future. We have uh, the the way that businesses are just propped up by this seemingly endless VC capital uh, and based on valuations that clearly aren't worth anything is, yeah. I, I reckon we're going to see more of them. Well, Absolutely. You do see them, but I don't think this is a, you know, the, the attitude that the VC money will just keep running in is uh, embedded into some of these business models. But the business lesson from this is that Fast spent too much money on marketing and customer acquisition and not enough on building the actual product that they told everyone they were selling. And from small business to big tech to government, you will always fail. Right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, you're next, aren't you? What's, what's next? Are you doing all your best? Oh, sorry. I thought we were, doing, we were doing alternate. No, but you did two in a row. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Come on. Uh, uh, next best for me, Dave, is uh, accounting. Oz had a very flashy uh, party last night too, and, and it followed up with a tweet this morning. Something new and exciting is on the way. Uh, just for me, uh, I think this sounds very interesting. Judging by the, the names and the faces that were there, it, it is really the uh, who's who of uh, who's selling software to accountants 
didn't see a whole lot of uh, pure practicing accountants without that sales uh, hat on. Uh, and I just sort of replied in a tweet saying, just saying that the the free to attend sponsors charge for everything, sponsor led content, same desperate sales pitches from the same voices pretending they aren't being paid under the table by software companies model has been done to death. So if it is truly something new and exciting, we will see how far from the seemingly consistent model they can stray. I, uh, my response to your tweet was I plan on being paid over the table for it. I've spoken to four people who were at the launch last night and the consensus is the same. Great idea if they can execute it. And I hope they do. I'm going to back it because I think anything that gets account, I'm going to back getting accounts in a room to learn off each other. The way to I do that, I'm not sure. New. I want to see what's new outside of the seemingly. Well, I think we're up to four big box free ticket events now, and I, yeah. I think it all. I think it all comes down to content. They've got to get good content. And here's the challenge for them: it costs. Well, how much to get the ICC in Sydney? Three hundred grand plus all the other, these things cost a fortune. So if Accountex want to make a fair profit, which they're entitled to do for the risk they take on for this, they're going to need to sell a whole lot of sessions and a whole lot of advertising to a whole lot of companies who, ironically, have a whole lot of money to spend on marketing and growth. So the opportunities there in the in, in the vendor to event exhibitor space, the opportunities there. But the only reason accountants are going to come and stay and come back is if the content's good. And we organize a lot of events. We did the Trenches Summit, the work I do at Change GPS. There just aren't that many brilliant presenters in Australia and that many interesting topics. That is the challenge for Accountex to solve. I think they've got a big advisory group together to help them solve that. And good luck with that. I hope mate, they- we, <laughs> mate, I tell you, every, every, every one of these big boxes had, has had advisory councils, mate. And let me tell you, the people on it, historically, you know this, you would sat on one with certain members of the accounting population who take more cash under the table, David, than without declaring it. Mate, advisory councils are, in my honest, honest, frank feedback, BS, because the voices there are just as bad as the software creators. But anyway, don't get me started. Don't, don't. I, I, just, want to, I just want to see something new because it, it, what you've explained, free tickets to users needing to recruit their money on sponsors and basically selling every session plus the breakout sessions, mate, it's going to be the same bloody thing. I hope to be proved differently. It's a, good thing I did. it's a good thing I didn't get you started. Can I read a message I got from Trent McLaren, our glorious from the trenches CEO that I got this morning? Sure. Uh, where did he get this? I asked him, mate, how'd last night go? Cheers, mate. Good night. Really good vibe. Uh, lots of people in the room. Good people there. And then this is the best bit. Accountex want to sponsor the From the Trenches podcast. I'm keen to make it happen. Well, let's not send them the last five minutes before. They I, well, actually, you know what? Let's send it to them because that's the challenge. And if they overcome it, they are on a. They are doing good. They're doing good for the accounting world. And if from the trenches can help them be successful, I'm not saying they won't. And they're happy to make some I just, the table just payments. So I'm happy to help. I just have not seen. Yeah, I look forward to how it is going to be different to everyone else. Uh, anyway. Uh, what else? And, and, and my last, uh, my last best, uh, Dave. Uh, after 16 years, Craig Walker hangs up the uh, the zero boots. Uh, he, he built the first uh, first line of code 
uh, or certainly was there from the start uh, with OG and Rod and Hamish. Single-handedly, um, you know, has has contributed uh, more, if not uh, oh, as much, if not more, to the growth and the strength of Zero uh, than anyone else. Um, an amazing, an amazing, uh, yeah, an amazing software person. Uh, it'll be sad to see him grow, but has grown uh, a lot bigger than carrying around an offline version of Zero on his laptop where he could build fun stuff for punters like me over over zero con drinks. That I will miss. Craig, uh, I think you made a great contribution to the accounting world. I think certainly for the accounts who got in on zero early on, you created a huge amount of financial value for them as well. We wish you a lot of success in whatever you do next, even if you choose to do nothing next. We hope you enjoy it. Totally. Dave. Go best on ground. All right, this one's fascinating. We talk about practice management all the time. It's a really common question. I was actually at a lunch that Zero hosted in Brisbane last week, a roundtable lunch, and the question got asked by one of the accountants there, what's everyone using for practice management? We don't have a great solution for it. XBM's got its limitations. I think everybody knows this. And when we talk about this, the, the common ones get thrown around. Carbon, tremendously popular. A fantastic tool. We use that. Uh, Tim uses that at Change Accounts and Advisors. Uh, and FYI Docs, very, very popular, particularly in Australia at the moment. So I was very, and they're the ones, they're the names that you hear FII, Carbon, XPM. So I was very surprised to hear a huge post from Monday.com. Monday's a bit like Asana, Trello boards, that sort of stuff. Today we announced we've expanded our partnership with KPMG forming a new strategic alliance that will bring monday.com work OS to KPMG member firms and their clients across the world. The way this is presented is that KPMG has chosen Monday to be its practice management and workflow tool because Monday is so flexible that all the different offices around the world can customize it to the way that they want. I never saw that coming. And then I've got no doubt that KPMG are going to click the ticket on software sales that it makes through to their, to their customers. And that's great. KPMG is a huge channel to market. But I didn't expect I, yeah. to see Monday.com hitting the accounting sector. Here they are. Uh, in the uh, Freedom Mentoring group, uh, Monday was a very popular uh, by, by some of the members. Uh, they raved about it. I think it certainly had its flexibility. And if you invested the time and set it up properly. One of the things that really interesting. You are so bad at sales that you didn't plug the Freedom Mentoring group there. Well, it's, it's it's in hiatus. It's just it's just application only. Anyway, says Paul actually just loosened his shoulders up there. I think um, something big's coming there. Work out, David. I, I, you know, you know me. I'm a professional skeptic. The bringing bringing Monday work to KPMG member firms and their clients that just seems to me like a uh, like a sales channel. Rather, uh, watch the than, video. Watch the video. They talk about it being used. Yeah, probably in a small end of town so they can sell it somewhere. But anyway, hopefully, David, hopefully. We will see. We will see. What else do you got? Uh, Tinder for tax. Now, I've had a – I've been with my wife for 11 years and I miss the Tinder generation. I miss the fun that I could have. But FBT mileage tracking software GoFar tells me uh, that I haven't. It. it calls itself the Tinder for tax. Now, this is a, it's a cool app. It, it automatically measures your trips in your cars so you can work out work percentages and 
uh, help you with your FPT compliance. Looks pretty cool. Ron Lush actually drew my attention to this. But when you go on the website, uh, it basically, when you finish your trip, you get a pop-up on your phone and you swipe to say whether it's for work or business. And because of the swiping mechanism, GoFar calls itself Tinder for tax. I think that's a, a nice marketing. We've had, we've had logbook apps that have had this functionality for a while. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. I think Tinder for tax is a bit much. Uh, what else you got? Some gold from Heather Elkington. Heather Elkington is the Chief Operating Officer at Go Proposal, now owned by Sage over in the United Kingdom. James Ashford, one of the best presenters going around in my book. I've invited him to come to the Trenches Summit, and I think he's going to say yes. I'm going to do a bit of work on that one. Uh, Heather's Director of Operations, sorry, and she's put up this cool little video on LinkedIn uh, where the staff walk through and there's got on the left of the screen, there's a sign that says work from home and the other on the right of the screen, it says or the office and five or six staff all float through and they all end up going to the office and you're watching this thing thinking, ah, this is just a a bit of a con that the employer is trying to play to make it attractive for staff to come back to the office. And then the camera pans around and Heather's standing there with this pink toy gun pointing at everyone to go into the office. And I just thought it's a great summary of how a lot of employees feel at the moment about going back in. They're happy to say they're going back in because it's good for their career and their bosses expect it. But geez, life's pretty good working from home if you're an accountant and you are happy doing that and you've got a good setup at home. Not for everyone. Rather enjoyed the take, Heather. Well done. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it'll be much more of a hybrid model going back. Um, I am certainly hearing though some stories of uh, you know they joke about the pink gun, but I am hearing a a number of stories about businesses actually just saying, yeah. uh-uh, nah, we're going right back five, bad yep. luck. Uh, interesting in this day and age of, uh, you know, more being about, I suppose, being about culture, protecting, uh, looking after staff, that kind of thing. I, I reckon if you're pushing for five days uh, as a boss, it's, uh, yeah, a little bit harsh. Anyway, we will see. Uh, a little bit of lightheartedness to end our best on ground today. Harvard Business Review, a magazine I respect, has gone a little bit off the reservation on this one. Interviewing Jerry Seinfeld, they said, uh, you and Larry David wrote Seinfeld together without a traditional writer's room and burnout was one reason you stopped. And we know that burnout's a pretty serious issue in the accounting world. Was there a more substantial way to do it? Could McKinsey or someone have helped you find a better model? To which comic icon Jerry Seinfeld says, who's McKinsey? The Harvard Business Review replies, it's a consulting firm. And Jerry says, are they funny? (laughs) The HBR says, no. So Jerry says, and I don't need them. If you're efficient, you're doing it the wrong way. The right way is the hard way. The show is successful because I micromanaged it every word, every line, yada, yada, yada. The point is the big guys aren't always right. The big brands aren't always right. If you're good and passionate what you do, just keep doing it your way. You're doing it as best as you possibly can. And that, I think, is should be a little bit inspiring for the accountants out there. Could you imagine anyone who thinks – just even asking the question about whether or not a global, so a global consulting company should weigh in on a comedy show. That is just – anyway – some, the greatest, the greatest comedy show of all time in my Some book. people just, yeah, the, their, I guess, inability to prepare for an interview is second to none only to that bloke who didn't listen to the Adele tape. <laughs> that goes down <laughs> in the history. History. Uh, you ready? Oh, worst. Worst. On ground. There is, mate, I tell you what, 
I think I think Trent, I think our good mate Trent is is officially losing his mantle as the most uh, decorated worst on ground recipient. Dead <laughs> set, the professional bodies. No one is doing a seriously. There is there is no value to any professional body membership. In fact, there's only one bit of value signing a stat deck. That is it. That is yeah. frankly it. That don't, is you need frankly it to, it. don't you need it to lodge a tax return? No. Nah. Well, sorry, I need one of them. But if you if you if you want to keep your CA designation and offer and offer accounting services to the public, do you need your public practicing certificate? That's different. Oh, I'm talking okay. about whether or not you'd be a member at all, mate. Can like, you not jump? Can you not jump ahead on the sheet and let me get get through my first two West on grounds before we uh, do a deep dive in the accounting bodies? All right, very very quickly because I think it is pertinent. Um, obviously, a horrible war being waged on Ukraine at the moment by Russia, and yeah, there are some terrible stories. Vitaly Simon, who's uh, the coder and one of the founders of uh, Now Infinity, actually left his comfortable home here in Australia to help fight the cause in Ukraine. Follow him on Facebook. But I'm warning you, it's it's him on the front lines. It's pretty amazing to see what's happening. Congratulations to him for going to defend his country. But uh, I found a link online where a lawyer's talking about, hey, if you've got clients who do business in Russia, there's all these sanctions that have come in. This is an absolute quagmire. Here's what you need to do to help. And it never occurred to me. We live in a global world. There's a very good chance that a small business accountant, a small accountant has a client doing business in Russia that might get caught up. I don't know what these sanctions are. They're probably for big corporates. But just another thing that needs to be considered for accountants for their clients these days who might have some contracts with some Russian companies that might be state-owned. I don't know what these rules are, but a really good LinkedIn post. Check the the link in the show notes. Globalization does throw up a few more of these issues. Legally, as well as morally and ethically, as well. My next worst on ground. This is hilarious. Did I cut you off then? Don't know. No, not at all. Yeah, well, listen to Joe Rogan. He said that when people interview on Joe Rogan Experience, he makes them put their headsets on because when you hear someone's voice in your ear, you're less likely to cut them off. Doesn't work in your case. It has not worked for me. <laughs> or me, to be honest. Yeah, we wouldn't have a show. Three big uh, all right, a lot of people sitting there. Accountants think we know a little bit about how the economy works. We're just sitting there watching governments print money all around the world. Everyone's printing money. And you've got to wonder, does this actually work? Great tweet from Jim Bianco from Gianco Research. I'll give you the quick summary. He's literally posted I think the rules of monopoly. Rule number 11 of the old school monopoly. What if the bank runs out of money? Some player thinks the bank uh, some players think the bank is bankrupt if it runs out of money. The bank never goes bankrupt. Continue playing you slips of paper to keep track of each player's banking transactions until the bank has enough paper money to operate again. The banker may also issue new money on slips of ordinary paper. Sound like the real world? Unfortunately, yes. I'm not sure what that is. I wish. Let's get into it, Paul. Number one, accounting bodies gloss over the systemic failures around talent. That's worrying, isn't it? It is so worrying. That's just so the game can continue. Software, well, I've always said this, David. Software started. Uh, what would be also worrying is if global geopolitics operated like Connect Four. 
you know, major software Please. company at one stage um, has I, had uh, a uh, a turd has flamed, has fanned the flames of the the uh, automation scaremongering or structure. I think that has just responded. I think anytime you talk about an industry, governments disappearing or or being reduced in their relevance by technology, despite never really delivering anything. I certainly think that's helped. I think the professional bodies, first of all. Uh, it were just inept and then worst in the last sort of six years, five years, the back end of it, uh, took so much money from software and and added to it, added to the voice, added the weights. You look at Catalyst, you look at CA, Kairos, Catalyst, all of them, just basically all of the uh, professional bodies to get relevance sold their members out to tech and it's a disgrace and that is what has affected the talent. Well, being in charge of a pretty decent tech marketing budget, I'm not sure I agree that they sold members out to tech, but I am convinced that they've turned their eyes away from the things that really matter to members. And I really want to focus on employment. There's an article in Accountants Daily, and I'm pretty sure this is an article, this isn't a paid ad, uh, where the chief... No, no, they're very good at it. It's very obvious what's paid. Where the chief executive of CPA Australia, Andrew Hunter, has said the, ter- the digital revolution has turbocharged the change. The, the byline for this article is fewer undergraduates study the subject, but the profession is changing and multidisciplinary skills are becoming the norm. Uh, the CEO of CPA, Andrew Hunter, goes on to say, it's true we've seen a decline in the number of people studying pure accounting, but that's been offset by the number of people who are studying finance, commerce, economics and banking. That might be fine for CPA membership targets and KPIs, it is not fine for people who just need to lodge tax returns. We need people who know how to lodge a tax return to get through the overwhelming amount of compliance. It is a missed point. And I think that in this particular case, the CPA is glossing over the fact that accountants lose the war for talent on university campuses. If you can't find any accountants, like, of, <laughs> of course you have to expand by hiring other other uh, other education but, but lines. Can, I, I think. If, well, you, but you can't hire other education lines. Yeah, well, but to, I think you, we, we have to train ourselves. I mean, we, we do, but not because not because we want those skills. Just because it's a shorter distance to retrain them back into debits and credits and and small business. Like you, you have to take a, someone with an economic stream, not because you want to, not because they particularly have the skills needed, but because you can go back and at least steer them in an educational sense back into some sort of relevance. It doesn't mean that... Is that, I'm, that person's I'm not going to come work for you. That person's not going to come work to lodge tax returns. Uh, small business, small business is there is a there is a cliff coming of compliance going up, available agents going down and... It's and technology hasn't hasn't taken any of it um, at a practical level. So well, I don't think I've ever agreed with you more. Compliance is going up, the available people to do the work is going down, and tech isn't going to solve it by itself. It can help a little bit here and there. It's never going to make. It's not going to make the biggest dent. We actually just need more people, and the accounting bodies should not be celebrating that CPAs are doing other degrees. CPA should be heavily focused on training enough, all of them, the three of them, 
should be focused on training enough accountants so that the accountants out there can actually employ someone and have some resemblance of life. And this ties directly into mental health, Paul. I am in shock at the things I see on the Change GPS service tickets from people. People are doing it very tough. Some are doing it very well. Some accounts have made more money than they've ever made since GST came in and they got all that GST advisory revenue uh, when when GST came in in 99. Um, well, that's when they were doing the work. People are doing it really tough. And a big part of it is there's just too much work. It doesn't matter how many systems they build, there's too much work. You get a handful of accounts who run their businesses like corporates where the partners are a little bit more removed, extreme minority Good on them. Well done. You, you've done something that's very hard to do. Uh, but people do it very tough. And I'm worried that it's easy to look good on mental health. Because what you need to do is you call up Beyond Blue and you say, hey, I'm doing this thing. Can I use your logo? They say, sure. It's like, I think it's a fee, like six grand or something. You can use Beyond Blue logo. And then you say, if you're having mental health troubles, enroll in this program that's a government-funded program. I mean, we did it at Trenches Summit. We raised $7,000 for Beyond Blue at Trenches Summit for just getting beyond blue to talk. The real art of this to actually make a difference is to stop the pressures occurring in the first place, which segues very well in our next point around section 100A, making accountants think that the last six years of work that they've done is going to be upended, changed, or that they've given the wrong advice. This is, David, this, this the, the most difficult. I've been disappointed by CA over number of years <laughs> number of years and i didn't think i could get any more disappointed members in practice this was one of the issues that probably were the biggest in my memory for some reason um and the professional bodies had been in in discussions with the ato for six years they've been all in all of the discussions they were across all of it this comes out, it took four days to get any correspondence from the professional body that had, no, that had six years of context on this issue. The notification that came out was, I am not joking, a direct copy and paste from the ATO release with, uh, the ATO have released this. Here's a link to their website. It linked three links and said, uh, we're putting in a submission. If you have feedback, let us know. That six years of advocacy, effort, context, um, support got nothing. They were serious. They, there is nothing more than receiving a letter in the mail from the ATO and putting a stamp on it and hitting forward to the membership. What the F, David, are they actually adding to the argument? It is seriously, it is, it, it, it is, it, it's just, it's beyond, just, it's beyond inept. I, we've been asking questions around what the lobbying purpose of the accounting body is, bodies are for years, because I've always questioned how, how much, how effective they actually are. It is hard to have political influence, very hard. I'm convinced more and more convinced that the accounting bodies when it comes to, to matters that, that involve politics, that involve policy, that involve matters of the law, I think they view their role as to keep you, the member, compliant less more than to keep you, the member, represented so that bad things don't happen. And I do think that the retrospective rules are a bad thing and I think the promoter penalties are a bad thing as well. 
because they're not issued with enough context. And so everyone thinks, oh, I could be a promoter. No one is against scam artists getting kicked out of the profession. We all applaud it. We love it. Um, I, I'm, 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 I do want to step in. I'm tremendously proud of what Change GPS did around Section 100A very, very quickly. Um, listeners were probably aware we had 5,500 people register for a Section 100A webinar. We wrote documents that we encouraged uh, accountants to send to their members of parliament. And I understand now, I know for sure that the Labor uh, Deputy Treasurer received this. And I know that that has, I know that he received it. And we now have the accounting bodies asking on stage with all the big lights, asking the treasurers what they're going to do around Section 100A, the deputies, and getting answers. But it was the grassroots work that worked. If you want to change things, you need to find a way to have grassroots organisation. I think we're going to do something about it, Paul. I think we're going to get – can I share this now? Can I share this oh, idea? Go for it. We're playing with this idea. We're going to start a trenches action board. We want a representative in every state to join the trenches action board. Once a quarter, you'll tell us all the issues that matter to you. We're going to produce it into a report. Through Change GPS's support, we're going to turn it into an advocacy tool that all accountants can send to their local members of parliament. And hopefully, we're going to create external pressures so that we can change the things that matter before it's too late. And hopefully, the accounting body's role then is, hey, the members at the grassroots are doing this. This is what needs to happen. And they use it as a tool to help them do their jobs better. Because at the moment, Paul, it's very, very hard to give them a pass mark. <sighs> It's just you when, sound sad, but you actually sound sad. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I just I can't, I, I just can't even put into words why, what, yeah, why we bother, why they bother, like it is just, I don't know. It's oh, when you, when you've got a software company that has to step in and, and do it, and you know and. and yeah, <laughs> when when, it, when a oh, software company look, and and does it does it, you know, David, you you did it because you know you wanted to, you did it very well, you did it because Tim, you know, passionately passionately believes in it, and you know you you did it with a with a marketing hat on as you are allowed to do, the fact that an issue that important to the organisation was. Only was was pretty much only delivered through a software with a marketing angle, rightly, but without you know didn't have an alternative that was just for the member benefit. Is is just ridiculous. It's just ridiculously underperforming. Change GPS. Uh, Timothy Munro really led this one. He did an unbelievable job. We were ably supported by a range of other tech companies as well. Carbon, Dext, Ignition, FuseSign, Bizink, Seamless SMSF, DiviPay, QuickFee, Lightyear, BGL, and even Zero were happy to support us. Uh, that is a fair chunk of the accounting industry. And you have correctly summed it up, Paul. Tech comp- And I asked this question in our last episode. Are tech companies in a better position to represent small practices because we have better internal listening tools? Much better. I know every day I get a report of everything that happened in my business. I know what accounts are saying about us and what their problems are. And all the other tech companies do for whatever problems they solve as well. If you do that, it will be in exchange for marketing because these are private businesses that deserve to grow. 
And, it, and, and if marketing's done the right way, where everyone wins, it's great. And I think it's, I'm unbelievably proud of what we did here. Congratulations to the Change GPS team, to Lexi and Jack, Tim, and to all of the supporters who I named before who jumped on board to help the accounting industry with this one. It is phenomenal what the tech companies can pull together quickly when they need to. Absolutely. Absolutely, David. And I think, look, and you, our body could also have supported in some way. But anyway. Our, our third point, Paul. Uh, Andrew Conway, the CEO of the IPA, has been appointed to the Tax Practitioners Board. I'm just going to read out things from their websites. I'm not going to cast aspersions about this. Andrew's a very nice guy, and the IPA is actually one of the better of the three accounting bodies, um, which is not not the best standard. I'm just going to read it out. The Tax Practitioners Board, one of their roles is off their website. Professional associations, meaning the IPA, may be accredited by us as a recognised tax agent or BAS agent association if they meet certain requirements of the tax agent services regulation. So the TPB effectively licences the IPA. They accredit them. The IPA's job is to then make set standards for their members and to offer training to make sure members can meet those standards. The Tax Practitioners Board then disciplines those members if they don't adhere to standards and they're the APES rules. We all know what they are. Using a pub test level question about independence, Paul, and I know firsthand Andrew Conway understands independence very well. He's, he's, he's a very talented person when it comes to governance and independence rules. Does this pass the pub test that the CEO of the IPA is on the board of the Tax Practitioners Board? Of course not. Of course not. And, and I mean, we do. We have a big problem in this country, Dave, uh, of political appointees, and certainly these things do tend to coincide with uh, people who have a public history of <laughs> supporting the political party of people in government. Um, I, I was telling David, I was telling you, I read an article um, earlier about the Australian Human Rights Commission have had some the Australian Human Rights Commission have had some questions asked about the people uh, and the pro- more and more the process, not the people. Let's let's talk. This is not about this is not about the people. It's not um, about it's, it's definitely it's not, not about Andrew Conway individually. It's not about not the people, but it is about that that there are political appointments to a body that needs to again represent members, and and I mean I don't think. I don't think the professional bodies adequately represent members. I think they represent themselves. I think they represent their political aspirations, their uh, their their need for relevance and influence rather than their members. I, I think it's shocking. I think it's I, I think it's shocking. You know what's next? What what does CPA do? What does CA do? What a, what what do you what do you do when a member of of his organisation comes up you know, how, how does how does someone how does someone represent the TPB when their own members who they were in charge of ensuring compliance or ensuring training comes up in front of the TPB I, I just I, I don't get it David I, I don't I don't get it 
the press release very clearly, and in the commentary I've seen around social media, very clearly uh, Andrew Conway has been appointed as an, in his individual, in his individual name, and not as CEO or a representative of an accounting body. But again, the pub test needs the pub test question needs to be asked on this one, Paul. I he has a history in the Liberal Party, and the Liberal Party were, were appointing it. <laughs> I think I'm not. I'm not saying. Um, yeah, I'm not saying that they're necessarily directly uh, directly connected, but I tell you what, there are a lot of appointments, a lot of uh, across a lot of things, David, that seem to skew into uh, friends for the boys. Uh, also, uh, you know, congratulations for just having uh, no women appointed and uh, old white stale men. Great, well done, a win for diversity there, David. I, I think it's I think it's brilliant. I think it's just I'm just having a look at the board now. It just uh, it just does show Oh, there are there's two women on the board. Deborah Anderson, who is definitely a voice of small practice. She runs her own small practice herself, and Judy Sullivan, who uh, based on her CV looks to be extremely accomplished. Um but in terms of new appointments, no. Who's the chair actually? Who's the chair of the talent on their website oh. now? Oh, it's someone that's someone that that Ian Klug, I am. I, I, I think he was. I think he was a friend of Pacioli. No, it doesn't. These are qualified people. They, they, they seem to be qualified. They they seem to have a great uh, background. I don't know who he's a friend of, and I don't want. I'm certainly not casting aspersions about jobs for the boys, although it is something that we need to worry about. But I just ask a very simple question, Paul: Who's going to lodge the tax returns in ten years' time? And I'm not talking about I-returns that might be automated and it might be self-assessed by the ATO where they just say, here's what you need to pay, pay it. Where's how's the work actually going to get done? And what are these bodies? You know, the Tax Practitioners Board, the IPA, is it cannabis, every association under the sun, what are they doing to actually fix? Because this is an existential problem. It's existential. If there aren't enough people to do the work, it all gets too hard. The old guys running the sole practice firms in the high streets all around Australia making 400 grand a year who are, who are just working because it's fun, just to say, you know what, stuff it, it's all too hard. And I've spoken to these guys. They, they're actually just going to leave their firms. They're never going to oh. sell them. They're actually just going to walk away from it. Totally. Which puts more pressure on the system to get lodgement done. Look, I, I, and I why, see- why are two idiots on a podcast the ones asking these questions? There are people get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this. Do you know what? I The, the worst part. The worst We're not part. We're quite intelligent. The worst part will be a lot of respect that people. small business owners out there who won't get have, advice have Don't. forever just had those conversations. Someone that they can speak to, bounce ideas off, um, you know, double check and get that relationship. Not only in things that are happening in their business, often. Um, around yeah, the financial aspects of their life, often around making sure that they're not going to wake up tomorrow with a call from the tax office. All of those people are going to be, they just, the support's going to disappear for them. And, and I think that's, that's sad. a shame. That's, that's a, a shame. huge shame. It's a huge shame. Mums and dads running small businesses aren't going to get the advice they get. And uh, some people will just say, well, play on. That's the way of the world. Uh, those of us who care are going to see a missed opportunity and we're going to worry about the future that the type of communities well, Australians have. Without quality small businesses, yeah, your, your everyday small community suffers. All of the th- knowledge, all of the knowledge leaving the market about... Now, yeah. 
Oh, now, if you're listening to this and you're saying, I don't come listen from the trenches for this, I want to be entertained, I want a bit of fun. Well, we tried to do that at the start of the show. I quoted Jerry Seinfeld for you. But I think right now the industry, it's not – the cliff that you just spoke about before, I reckon it's here already. I think the last two years have just been so hard. Okay, a little bit of that's artificial, but it just seems to keep getting harder. Um, this What happens with Section 100 A is going to be fascinating. And if the ATO cop a loss on it, if if significant amount of this, in particular, the application to the, the, the definition of ordinary family dealings in inverted commas, because that never existed uh, when the uh, Section 100 A was initially drafted, whether retro, retroactiveness is applied um, after the ATO lost the Guardian case, if this ends up getting knocked against them, then, you know, is the system actually working? It's a fair question, and I don't think it is. I just don't think it is. And and honestly, I'm going to be wearing my CEO of a tech company hat now. If I see an opportunity to help my customers and grow my business at the same time, why wouldn't I? No, totally, totally. That just sounds like good business, and the tech companies will come in, and I'm, I reckon we will do it because it's great for our business. It's great for our customers. Let's let's finish up. Let's finish on a fun note. I just got a reply from AccountX oh, yeah? on Twitter. Is it is uh, it going to say I'll just call Trent and told him we're not paying you anymore to, to no, sponsor no, no. our event? They agree. They agree uh, that that model is broken. I'm glad they do. That's good. What else? We're looking. Say? We're looking to provide. <laughs> a neutral platform. <laughs> hey, sorry, I don't know why I laugh. Uh, we're looking to provide a neutral platform for the whole industry to have authentic interactions and conversations about where the future of accounting is heading. Last night was just the start of our journey. Uh, we hope you'll join us on it. Uh, we agree, good. Uh, we're looking to provide a neutral platform uh, translated into we will take sponsorship money from anyone uh, irrespective of their... I, I this hope, is what I hope doesn't happen uh, for the whole industry, anyone, including everyone who sells to it. Uh, and because we want everyone there, we just need numbers. Uh, we we <laughs> kind of don't care. Bookkeepers, book, bookkeepers accountants, retirees, we don't care. We will bring them in off the sheet. Off the street, uh, as long as we, as long as we can talk, count it as a ticket. Uh, authentic interactions, great. Um, you know, as long as you sign up or or give your email address in, um, and conversations okay, about where you the know future what? You know of what, accounting Paul? is heading. The future First of, of accounting, all, seriously, is. I, let's talk about. Let's talk about. It's it in now. a little bit of a worry. It's in a bit. But let's talk about if now. if the, they are noble. Uh, goals and a noble purpose that I personally get behind and from the trenches actually gets behind. It's up to them to execute. And if they execute it, Paul Meisner, you'll lay right off, won't you? I, 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 I and David, look, I make, I make jokes about it. And I, I, I don't, I think there, I think people who run events are in a lose-lose situation and even back themselves further into a corner when they give up paying for tickets. When when you when you take a dollar price off the ticket price, you then become the if 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 you're not paying, you're the one being sold, and I think it is very it is it is very hard and and history has borne this out, David, and I look forward to being proven wrong. If the only people paying to be there 
are sponsors. Commercially, you you would agree, David. Commercially, you have a real, and you have done this. Well, you and I have come to blows over content in a. Right. If they get the content right, it's very simple. If they get the content right, it'll be a raging success. Uh, hope that they do. I'm not sure. If How do done. you get it right when it when all the sessions are have a soft have a soft? Yeah, and, and because, I'm not answering because, the no, question. But, but I'll, I'll answer it for you. I'll answer it for you because the last two years for for many software companies has been unbelievably hard. They haven't found a way to transition away from physical events to grow their businesses and do it online, and they are desperate to make it work. And I know Countext is not national media. They're not Terrapin. They have a proven model in the UK that's huge and really well-loved by the UK accounting tax agent community. They are bringing that knowledge and experience here. These guys, are, they're not starting at a zero starting point. They've got some retained knowledge that comes in. But I think that the, the tech companies know that it's been tough and they know the content wins because you look at the companies that did well over the last couple of years as the companies who had really good content. They know not to sell from the stage. They know not to say everything's bad, 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 bad. My product solves the problem. You should buy it right now. They just know it. They've watched it all. They've listened to From the Trenches. And it's on the entire industry. It is on every tech company CEO who's going to put money into this event to make sure that they put good people on that stage that's educational and value-add. Sure, your product's part of the solution, but it's on them. And I hope that AccountX is counselling those companies to make sure that the content that ends up on stage is good and is valuable. Otherwise, you are right, Paul. It will go the same way as all the other ones. Let's hope. I hope springs eternal. Let's hope. Hope springs eternal. What a happy way to end this very long show. We covered a lot. I love doing the show with you, Paul. Uh, everyone, thank you very much for listening. We will see you soon. See you all. Thanks again for listening to an episode of From the Trenches. David and I love to hear from listeners, so you can reach out if you've got feedback or story ideas, get in touch. I can be reached on Twitter at Paul Meissner underscore or on LinkedIn, Paul Meissner. I'm on Twitter at David Boyar, B-O-Y-A-R, on LinkedIn, David Boyar. From the Trenches.